Hello and welcome to episode 40 of the MTG Complex Cast. My name is Steven. I'm joined by my co-host today, Chris. Hey. And in today's episode, we'll be talking about SCG Team Open and going over the Modern Challenge and also the SCG Modern Classic. Unfortunately, today, John is not with us. He is out uh, in Alaska, right? Yeah. So he's out in Alaska doing cold things, which I'm very jealous of. Uh, well, let's kick let's kick things off with our weekly roundup where we talk about what decks we piloted and what decks we played against this past week. Chris, tell me about it. Uh, so this past weekend, I played some Amulet. Surprise, surprise. And I also broke out the old Swans of Renargle. Oh, man. Uh, this weekend was GP Sacramento, and I played in just some side events on Saturday. Only day I could make it out there to do any sort of playing. Uh, I wanted to get some practice in for the PBTQs start up this coming weekend. And I feel like I haven't been on Amulet in a little while, broke it out again, and I definitely was incredibly rusty, and it was actually quite frustrating how bad I was playing. I, I feel like that happens really easy with the deck. Like, you put it down for one, two weeks, and you come back to it, and it's just like... Like, you, you look back at your plays, and you're like, oh, I fucked up. Yeah, so... <laughs> The more I think about certain games, the more I realize how bad I am. And it's it's really kind of maybe a good thing, but also it makes me feel really sad. Yeah. Um, I played two side events with Amulet. Um, didn't do very well, and particularly well in either of them. Uh, I played Burn twice in the same event, round one and three. Lost Burn both times, which is kind of weird because Burn should be a pretty easy-peasy matchup for uh, Amulet. But yeah. what's weird is that both of my opponents in Game 3 had turn 1 Swiss Spear, turn 2 Swiss Spear, Swiss Spear. Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> and the first time I played against Burn, I made a, I just played incorrectly. I think I actually had... The more I think about it, I think I actually just had a kill, but I just didn't realize it because I'm really rusty yeah it involved a hive mind and a titan but i didn't have any pacts so i would have to like attack with the titan do with a t west but i wasn't sure if i'd have mana to play the hive mind and transmute but i think i actually did thinking back on it but it i was also worried about deflecting palm because it would have killed me <laughs> so i was like do i do i play this hive mind pre-combat so that way if they palm i can copy their palm and palm their palm so their palm doesn't do anything Ooh. Because Deflecting Palm deals the damage, and you get to pick a source with Deflecting Palm. Yeah. That's pretty good. Pretty sure that's how that works. I'm. That's, that sounds about right. Like, Or do I give my Titan Vigilance so I have another blocker, and then play my, my uh, Hive Mind post-combat, so they have, if they have, like, bolts and stuff, I can bolt down their creatures so then I can't actually die. Because they had Guide, Guide, um, Guide, Swiss Spear, Swiss Spear in play at that mm -hmm. point. So I was thinking, okay, I'll attack... But if I had gave my Titan Vigilance, I had to get two Bounce Lands with the attack trigger to play a High Mind post-combat, which meant I couldn't get a Suva to copy Radiant Fountain to gain more life, and I would have had to tap my Snake, so I only have one blocker in the high... It, it was... Man, that sounds complicated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, think, I think I made the wrong choice, ultimately. Obviously, I, I was wrong because I died, but... Um, I think there was a way where I could have played Hive Mind pre-combat, attacked, and then transmuted post-combat for a green pack to just kill them outright. But I didn't see it while I was sitting there, and that's really upsetting. Bummer. Um, 
I also lost a game to missing a pack trigger, and that was incredibly tilting. That oh, was dude. incredibly <laughs> tilting. And um, <laughs> I proceeded... It was against Jessica... Oh, I thought it was Jessica I control. Mm-hmm. Uh, next game, I just smash him. Right? Yeah. And then game three, I'm like, okay, I mold six, and I keep kind of a slow hand. I was like, well, he's, he's playing control, right? So it's not that big a deal. And he goes turn three guys to St. Traff on the play. I'm like, oh... We're dead. Because <laughs> the turn previously, I had stirred, and I saw Ballista, EE, and, like, Tory West and stuff. Yeah. Like, oh, I'll just take this Tory West so I can transmute for a cavern. Nope. Bottom this EE, and he immediately just untaps and plays a Geist. I'm like, oh, I'm just dead now. So that felt pretty bad. Ouch. Turns out he was playing a very aggressive Jeskai list with, like, four guys, Quellers, maybe even Mantis Riders. I don't even, I don't know. Just random, just aggressive of, control yeah, cards. Aggressive yeah. Just guy like counter burn type of deck. Damn. So that was kind of bamboozling. <laughs> yeah, losing losing to that pack trigger. I've only had it happen to me once, and it was just like <laughs> my opponent did it in kind of like a very rude manner, where I like drew my card, and then he just like picks up his cards because it was like game two, and I lost the first one. He just picks up his cards, and and I'm just like. What's what's going on? He's like, you lost the game, and, and just like, it's just like going about like, like as if we acknowledged this together or something. And I'm like, what are you talking about? What are you doing? He's like, you Mr. Pack Trigger. Why didn't you fucking start with that, dickhead? <laughs> yeah, my opponent was a little bit more cordial about it. I, I drew my card, looked down, and he's like, you missed your, your your packed. I look in the graveyard, I'm like, oh, you're right, and I just picked up my cards. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Okay, <laughs> you're right. <laughs> and I, I don't understand how I missed it, because I, I almost, I always put a die on my top of my deck, and I during my opponent's turn, I prearranged the lands I want to use to pave with my pact. Yeah. With, so I can spend my opponent's turn, spend that time thinking about how I want to pay it, because, you know, what else am I doing on my opponent's turn other than thinking about what I'm going to be doing? Yeah. But this time I just didn't do it, I don't know why. Weird. I just, I, I don't know, I got distracted, or, uh, I don't know. Bad. Just whatever. Well, but what was the, um, how the round one, go? round one. I did get to play against Affinity for the first time in like a million years because nobody plays that deck anymore, apparently. Yeah. But um, <clears throat> we both mulliganed to five, game three. And he kept a hand of what appeared to be just a couple lands in a damping sphere. Mm-hmm. And my hand was like a green source, a stirrings, a blista, and some other garbage. Yeah. And I was like, land and stirrings, good enough for me. And I don't know if it was off the stirrings or off my next draw or whatever, but I found Academy Ruins. So I just had a Ballista Academy Ruins <laughs> against this Affinity player on a Mold of 5. I was like, oh, well, this seems pretty good. Uh, I guess that's what you're doing this game. <laughs> What's also really funny is he he had like two lands, a Springleaf Drum, and mm-hmm. his Damping Sphere. So he like plays his Memnite and then taps all his things to play an S-Champion. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. And Your Champion costs four, sir. <laughs> and he's like, what? You're right. <laughs> just like puts it back in his hand, like, go, I guess. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. That's so funny. That's what I thought. That's Turns out Blista's so... real good against Edge Champion, especially when you play it every turn for five <laughs> turns in a row. <laughs> every single turn. <laughs> yeah, Walking Blista's pretty good against Affinity if you're just like, uh, I'm going to play for one this turn, uh, I'm going to play for two this turn. I'm going to play for three this turn. 
It was a 3-3 Ballista every turn. It's like, here's the 3-3. Oh, another Rush Champion? Kill it. Kill it. Here's the 3-3. It's so funny. Although I almost got bamboozled because uh, <clears throat> I made a 3-3 Ballista, and he had a 3-3 Ink Moth because he put some Ravager counters on it. <clears throat> and he attacks with it. I'm like, okay, okay, I'm just going to shoot it. Lol, like, that's kind of weird. He's yeah. like, oh, pump it with my Blink Moth? I'm like, that's oh. right. <laughs> tricky, tricky. So I was like, fine. Upkeep, hey. put it on top. Blister for four, go. <laughs> it worked once. Will not work again. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so then uh, I did play one side event with Swans. And it was kind of a crazy game. Uh, I, round one, I played against Hollow One. Mm-hmm. And this matchup is not particularly great. Because they play four fours on turn one, yeah. And my removal was with uh, Bolt and Scred, neither mm-hmm. of which can kill Hollowed One. Bolt can never kill Hollowed One, but Scred doesn't kill until turn four at earliest. Yeah. Which at that point I'm basically dead already. Yep. And Inquiry is really annoying for the the blue counter spell decks. Yeah. So he opens on turn one Inquiry. I'm like, oh, here we go. Right, discard all my lands. Terrific. And I drew like second land off the top. And oh man! I'm like, all right. Well, I have this like mana leak. Go, I guess. He plays like something. I mana leak and I get hit for four. I miss my third land drop. I'm like, okay, I guess we just lose now. But fast forward, I somehow managed to stabilize at one life. Uh huh. With like cryptic bouncing, like tapping his hollow one, bouncing his Gurmagingler to not just die. Yeah. And then I got to like mana leak it on the way back down. Because he'd already delved away his whole yard, right? So yeah. he didn't have enough to pay for the three. <laughs> Whoops. And then I ripped a scred off the top for his hollow one. So now I'm at one life. And he has no cards in hand. And no blood gas, nothing. But my hand is like... Remand anger of the gods. <laughs> and I don't even have a th- second red source because I have a fetch land in my hand and I'm at one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's like, well, I'm dead to literally anything. Yeah. Say go. And he, like, off the top rips, like, a Tassiger. Which he just pays all his mana for. I'm like, okay, well, I hope I draw something good. Draw Snap. Alright, cool, Snap. Scratch your Tassiger, go. Oh my god. And then he, like, uh, maybe, like, bricks for a turn or something. I'm like, untap. Do I attack with a Snapcaster? Mm, yeah, I guess. <laughs> Send Greedy. it in there. Because I do, like, a Bolt or something. And he's like off the top, flaming phoenix attacking, like bolt it. Oh my! <laughs> Untap drew like swan, like okay, attack for two, play swan go. And he plays like uh, I don't know, something, some other creature. Untap drew like a scred, scred by swan draw like five six cards. Oh my god! Like uh, bolt your guy, attack for for I attack with just a swan this time. For four. Yeah, so I have a blocker in case he draws a blood ghast. And then. <laughs> I have another bolt in hand. He's like off the top, like bolt you. I'm like, uh, response bolt my swan. Draw three. Oh, oh stubborn denial. <laughs> and this guy's like, what? What? Like, come on. Can you just please die? Like, no. I'll never die. I finally got there. Oh man, did you win the match? Yeah. So then game oh, two. Geez. Um. Game two we. I won in turn zero of extra turns. Mm-hmm. 
because uh, game one went pretty long. Um, but I was in a situation where he had... I met two. So he has Flame Lake, which is lethal. Hollow One, which is lethal. And, like, a Gurmak slash Tasker, which is lethal. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I have a Swan. And in my hand, I have, like, Echoing Truth, Vendillion Click, and, like, a Scred or something. Uh-huh. And I anticipate. So I can... I can... Pass. Okay. So my, my plan was to, on his end step, bolt him, untap, attack with Swan for lethal because he was at six. Yeah. But on his turn, he played a Flame Wake, which I had to bolt, otherwise I would have died. Yeah. Which would which made me go down to two. So when I, when I untap, I'm thinking, I can live if... Because he's going to bring back Flame Wake. So if I pass... I have a blocker with Swan, a blocker with Vendillion, and I can scred something. Mm-hmm. Or I can go, like, block, scred, Echoing Truth. Or maybe I didn't have a Vendillion. Maybe it was just I had to do, like, block, scred, Echoing Truth on his three guys. Yeah. But then he's still at six life, and I can't kill him. Yeah. On my next turn. And he gets cards from... From, from the block on the swan, from the block, yeah. yeah. So I think about it, and it just says, "You know what? I'm just gonna scred my swan and hope I draw a bolt." Oh my god! <laughs> and or a snapcaster mage, and so I scred it, draw five, and I think on the third or fourth card down, there was a snapcaster mage. Jeez! So I, I I just killed him that turn. Wow, that's that's lucky. Yeah, I I don't know. I felt my odds were pretty good because I hadn't drawn any snapcasters yet and only one bolt. Yeah. And I still had all four bolts in my deck post-board. So. <laughs> you know what? There. Screw it. If I lose, I lose. <laughs> uh, then I played against humans round two. And I have not played against humans in a million years either. But god, I got ranched. I bet. I drew all three copies of Stubborn Denial Game 1, which are atrociously dead. Yep. And it felt really bad. Hey, they, and, you can counter you can counter those Aether Vials, man. Uh, not when he plays it turn one on the play. Never mind. Yeah. It was pretty bad. Uh, and Militia Bugler is pretty good. Yeah. It's a, it's a decent card, man. He just files it in, can't interact with it, and he just go gets another guy. Yep. You know what's even cooler about Bugler? Huh. Is that uh, if he plays a lieutenant, it doesn't die to Anger of the Gods. Wow. Yeah. It'll, Which I learned the hard way. It'll stick around. <laughs> I was like, oh, my only out is to, like, Serum Vision into exactly Anger here. Which I did. And I Anger him, because I'm at 2 life or whatever. And he's like, okay. Puts up all his creatures in the bin, or in exile, except for his bugler. I'm like, wait, what? Huh? Look over. It's a 2-3 with it? Oh. Oh. Whoops. No, 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 no. Scoop, scoop <laughs> my cards. Yeah, game 2, I just kind of got ranched by Sin Collectors. Collected all of my sins. Yep, that'll do it. Really gross. And then round three, my opponent never showed up, so free win. Yay, good for me. Yay for me. Yay. But um, yeah. Swans maybe maybe not as uh. Maybe it's okay. To be maybe it's okay. I'm surprised I played Swans as well as I did, considering I haven't played that deck in a very long time. That's also a deck that needs practice. Yeah, I'm. Considering how poorly I played Amulet after not playing it for like one week, 
I'm surprised I played Swans. Like, I'm surprised I was able to navigate my way through the Hollow One matchup. Yeah. <clears throat> but uh, I guess I'll, I'll briefly just talk about uh, GP Sack in general. Uh, it was a little bit disappointing um, because it was very small. And mm-hmm. it, I get that, you know, Comic-Con's going on and it's a sealed event it's a core set at that but there were only four artists there yeah and not that many vendors like it just the entire thing was just pretty small that's pretty unfortunate especially because i feel like that's now just the mo with gp sacramento is like all right we're gonna give them the least popular format and in a city where like constructed is very well represented and uh and uh shit what's not constructed called limited and limited is not very well supported um i mean sacramento is really not all that far away from like you know the bay area san jose where cfbs had you know originated or whatever and i don't know it just feels like if it had been, say, a modern GP, it would have been very, very well attended. Oh, yeah, totally. <clears throat> but that's not how it went down, so... Yeah, I also feel like even if you're in the Bay Area and you're, you know, you hear there's a GP in Sacramento, like, do I really want to drive two and a half hours to play Sealed? Meh. Go play some <laughs> side events. Even then, like, play one or two side events, go hang out in the city for the rest of the time. And M19 Sealed was $85 to enter. Yeah, that's also a little uh, a little insane. Another thing that I wasn't too uh, enthused about was the prize wall. All the singles in the prize wall were standard <coughs> cards. Yeah. That's actually, that's weird. Because I feel like I've, the past GP I've been to, they've had like at least some sort of like EDH or legacy cards in the case. Yeah, I mean... At GP, what, Santa Clara? They had plenty of modern and legacy cards in, in the prize wall. But here was it was only standard. And it, and it was only like the more recent standard sets, like M19 and um, like Ixalan stuff. I don't think there was any Kaladesh block. I guess there was some. There was some. There was like Inventor's Fairs and that kind of thing. But No no lot. love for, for LSV's hometown ish (laughs) yeah it's kind of kind of a letdown but I mean I I guess I can't really complain too much considering it was in my backyard yeah yeah you got to like wake up 30 minutes before drive down relax chill not have to worry about like oh no where where can we find somewhere to eat I already know where to eat yeah I actually rode in my motorcycle on Friday night there's a there's a couple motorcycle parking spots like right across the street and they're free for me it's like that was perfect. that was cool but perfect yeah anyway what did, uh, what did you play this past week uh this past week i've been pretty busy so i haven't gotten to play much magic but the magic that i did get to play was uh spicy very very spicy uh i played some games of rug or teamer lands in standard 
Uh, I think I like... Oh, I mentioned last week that I wanted to play with Banefire. So I played with four Banefire in the deck. And essentially, you just ramp until you get to, like, 10 mana, 11 mana, and you play Multani, and you attack them once, and then you Banefire them. And the game's over after that. It's pretty much... It's pretty fun. <laughs> so did you Banefire anyone for 20 up by turn 10? I... No, not by turn 10. 11? <laughs> I, I definitely did it at tur- on turn 11, not not turn 10. Um, I was like, man, I played like 10 games trying to do that just to prove just to prove John wrong. I was like, oh, I'm going to do it. I'm going to get there. I just like, I was always like one land short. Like turn 10, do it for 19. I got 20 lands on turn 10. I couldn't get 21 lands on turn 10. Just uh. frustrating. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it was, it's a lot of fun. I added, I made some tweaks to make it a little bit more um, uh, threat-heavy because I was losing really, really easily to decks that could answer um, Multani. So now I'm like playing a Chandra, I'm playing some other creatures to kind of help support it. Um, yeah, that's about it. But how do you answer Multani? It just keeps coming back. They exile it with Vraska's Contempt. Oh. I added, like, Is that a why that card's like fifteen dollars or something? Yeah, it just like it really just answers close to everything. Uh, I added some uh, Carnage Tyrants to the sideboard, which helped a lot, and some Vine Mares to the sideboard, which like the between those two cards, I just don't lose to black anymore. <laughs> I like me a big Dino. Yeah, I heard there was somebody somebody was telling me that card just isn't good, and I was like, what? card's like insane right like hexproof can't be countered has trample is massive like how do you beat it it's like can't be countered can't be spot moved can't be blocked profitably i just i don't i don't understand how what what's bad about it i don't get it it's not played but but it's expensive therefore it will be played it's like the second most expensive card from that set right next to search yeah granted it's mythic yeah that's true so sure it's it's inexpensive for a mythic i'll give it that did you see any any cool decks throughout your weekend adventures um i wouldn't really say it's all any cool decks but i I think it's kind of cool that uh humans decks are incorporating the militia bugler yeah um a lot of them a lot of people are starting to play the like the full four they think it's that good wow Wow, that's that's scary. It's pretty funny is that like Bugler finds other Buglers. Yeah. It also finds Phantasmal Image, which is also another Bugler. Which yeah, it's just it's <laughs> just Bugler. Period. It's almost like um, Daru Cavalier. So I feel like I feel like Bugler is just like a collected company, right? Uh, On a creature? no, no, it's not that good. It's 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 just like draw a card but the card's always a human sure that makes sense which is pretty good <sighs> in this deck that used to have so many issues with just running out of gas yeah oh look i'm out of gas look at this more gas and it has vigilance, like, you know it has it has words on it yeah it's a it's a human with with uh the whole box full of text and i feel like that is literally every card in that deck. Is a human with a bunch of text on it. 
You know, I think the human with the least amount of text in that deck is Mantis Rider. Yeah, but it, those three words are very, very, <laughs> very powerful. <laughs> Flying, vigilance, and haste. That's that's a lot of text. <laughs> it's not many words, but it's a lot of text. <laughs> Alright, let's move on to our SCG team open event where we saw lands from Legacy, Mono Green in Standard, and Mono Green Tron in Modern take the championship for that tournament. Well, I guess uh, it's kind of up to me to talk about Legacy since our uh, local Legacy expert is uh, currently out in the freezing cold. Jealous. <laughs> um, it's a little bit interesting that lands took it down um, because a lot of people were, were thinking that Delver's going to die out because there's no Death Threat Shaman and Lands really preys on these Delver decks, so it's not going to have any food. But here it is, first place, and I would imagine that Lands was very happy to play against Infect. Yeah, and I mean, not only, it's it's also, uh, two. there's also two copies in the top eight, so I feel like deck is not, in fact, dead, as some people might have assumed. Yeah, I guess uh, combo decks haven't really been uh, as resurgent as people may have thought. Um, only one Storm deck in this top eight, and one Sneak and Show. The rest are all very, very fair decks. We even have a Legacy Death Shadow deck, which I had the pleasure of losing to at the uh, GP in Seattle. <laughs> Dude, that's I just I find that deck so funny, like to be like the modern deck that could. It's just it's so funny to me because really all you're doing to this deck is adding forcible brainstorm and ponder. And I mean obviously dual lands, but like essentially that's that's pretty much like the like the meat that you're adding to this deck by transferring it from modern to to legacy. I I would like to point out also that they call it Grixis Shadow here, but the only red cards in the sideboard are in the sideboard, and it's two copies of Pyroblast and two copies of a Braid. Braid. Those are the only red cards in the entire seventy-five. Man, a Braid is really, uh, really branching out. Yeah, I think the card is just really flexible. Yeah. Like, there's going to be matchups where you need to kill annoying little creatures and there's going to be matchups where you want to kill annoying artifacts and the card just fills both those roles yeah and i mean if if you have a matchup where you want both those effects even better but it's just uh just pretty flexible uh standard mono green aggro uh this this deck is interesting i i'd like to to peep some peep some words about this so, um, as listeners of the cast may know, uh, m many of us here are not really the biggest of standard fans. But, uh, if, there's were, if there were a card that would have maybe wanted to play standard, it is Steel Leaf Champion. I think I did uh, talk about that card when it was first spoiled or revealed. Mm -hmm. And I thought this deck would be sweet, especially with the reprint of Llanowar Elves. Just play turn 2-5-4 seems extremely powerful in standard. Yeah, And here we are, with a... I think it's a uh, tier one deck, right? This mono green. I would deck. I would have to say it's like <clears throat> tier one or like tier one point five. I just I can't imagine it being that bad. Like, it shows up everywhere. It's like 
it gets pretty close. It gets it kind of just gets blown out by like the control decks. But resolving Galta on turn four or five in standard is like just insane sometimes. I mean, I don't know how many people looked at Galta and thought this is going to be a constructed playable card. Yeah. Much less a staple in one of the best decks in the format. Right? It's, it's 12 mana. 12 mana. But really, you're playing it for like 4 mana, 5 mana. And for 5 mana, like, it's just a 12 12 with trample? Mmm. It's pretty bonkers. And you have a whole bunch of these really big, high-powered creatures, right? Like Vine Mare, it's four mana, five power. Seal of Champion, three mana, five power. Uh, Romus, three mana, five power. Like, you also have the, the interesting uh, standout card that I feel like is kind of interchangeable in the deck is the, the Green Belt Rampager. I think I've, I've seen a few different lists that run... Uh, something different in that slot. Um, personally, I'm not a huge fan of it because I don't know. I just it doesn't look great to me. But uh, apparently, it works out pretty well when you can, you know, even if you play a land war off on turn one, you can still play Rampage on turn two, no problem. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just it's a weird card. Yeah, I, I guess it feels a lot of the time like it's just it's just bad Steel Leaf Champion. Yeah, absolutely. Because if you draw it off the top late in the game, you have to play it three times for it to stay in play. And yeah. At that point, you would rather it have just been a Brontodon, right? Yeah. It's the same or... body, but the Brontodon has potentially relevant text. Yeah, or even like a Ronus at that point. like At least a Ronus has like a mana sink into it. <clears throat> Yeah, I think Ronus is a much better late game draw than the old elephant here. But I guess, you know, it's a 3-4. You can play on turn 2 if, you, if this was also your turn 1 play. I mean, you are an aggressive deck, and this is probably just, I don't know, one of the better early options that you could have if you have nothing yeah. else going on. Yeah. Weird card for me. Uh, otherwise, this deck is sweet. Sometimes plays Merfolk Branchwalker as well. Oh, I think that's what I see it subbed out for. I think that that slot is taken up by Merfolk Branchwalker because it's a two mana, two one that explores. So it could be a three two or put a land in your hand. Yeah, or a, yeah, three two or yeah, exactly. So it provides almost the same amount of value, except of the the butt and the and the whole drawing a card thing. I don't know, like, maybe if Thor Toughness is just really relevant right now. Possibly. I guess if you play your uh, Branch Walker and you hit a land and your opponent just chain whirls you, you feel really bad. Yeah, that makes sense. You lose, you lose, you lose the setup that you had. Yeah, I guess I'm, I'm guess I'm, I'm guess I'm way more, I guess I'm way more accepting of the card after you put it that way. Branch Walker just sits ranched on if you hit a land, which is pretty powerful in the early game. I mean, you know, while... It looks like the red-black aggro decks are you know, starting to diminish a little bit. They're still here in, you know, pretty pretty decent numbers. Three copies in the, these top, this top eight. Mm-hmm. That constrictor list, though. Mm. I love me some constrictor. You know what constrictor plays? It plays walking ballista. You know what works really good with walking ballista? 
winding constrictor. That was a great combo. No? Okay. It's like standard hardened scales. Yeah, standard hardened scales. That's exactly what it is. Standard hardened scales. Do you have hardened scales? Yes, you win. Congratulations. Uh, let's take a look at this. these modern decks. These uh, disgusting modern decks. So... How do you feel about this resurgence of Tron? I mean, I can't complain personally because I feel like that's a fine matchup for myself. But I just I just dislike Tron with a passion. <laughs> Cause they always have it. Don't even ask yourself, do they have it? They always have it. Oh, so yeah, uh, one thing I've learned about Tron decks is if they have 10 mana, they 100% have an Ulamog the Ceaseless Hunger in their hand. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They always have it. That's they, how that works. Like, they, if, if they draw the top card as the 10th the mana, then one of their cards, if it wasn't Ulamog, somehow, like, Schrodinger's cats itself <laughs> into an Ulamog the Ceaseless Hunger. And they'll just think that it was there the whole time, but, but I don't know. Like, it's... <laughs> <laughs> yeah man it's like like oh it's turn three do they have natural tron yes they do does that mean they have karn in their hand yes they do next turn okay well they have 10 mana do they have ulamog in their hand you bet your bottom dollar i mean i don't know how many, how many games where it's like oh they have you know turn three tron i guess i lose now and they play like Wormcall Engine. Like, oh, Wormcall Engine. I don't care about that card. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. And then, like, oh, that's okay. I'll, I'll just do my own thing. And then you just untap Ulamog. You, oh, never mind. Game's over. Oh. <laughs> yeah, whenever whenever Wormcall Engine resolves, everybody, like, like your, like the opponent, the person who, who didn't play it, just like a big sigh of relief, like, oh, man, thank God. Yeah, I could deal with that. That's no problem whatsoever. And then they untap, play a land, and then play Ulamog. And they're like, oh, yeah, that's, I can't answer that. Nope. Unless, of course, you're done, in which case you just can't beat anything that Tron plays ever. Exactly. <laughs> anyway, the rest of this top eight, we have uh, Jeskai Control, Gift Storm, Grix's Death, Shadow, uh, good ol' Amulet Titan, uh, Blue Eye Control, and another Grix's Control list. You want to talk me. about this amulet list? Tell me about it, please. <laughs> mm. So, uh, in Amulet Discord, people were talking about this, this list, um... You know, as as they often do, talk about amulet lists that place well. Uh, probably the most interesting thing here is the second copy of Cavern of Souls in the sideboard. Yeah, came ready for all the Jeskai players and blue white control decks. Um, other than that, it's fairly stock-ish. If you can call this deck, if you can say this deck has a stock list, um, it does have one main deck Rex Sage and a sideboard Rex Sage um, opting for those instead of any copies of Say Nature's Claim or um, Seal of Primordium for their anti-Blood Moon stuff yeah also a full three of Braids so a Braid is a card that has been growing in popularity among the amulet community and I recently have been starting to try it out in my list as well 
I bordered in a couple times, never drew it, so I still don't know if it's actually good or not, but I assume it must be alright, considering that everyone else seems to be playing it. Yeah. Um, it seems really good against humans, kills a dude, shatters a vial, perhaps, and just other random pesky artifacts. I guess it's serviceable against KCI, maybe not the best, but... Yeah, with uh, the popularity of Damping turn. Sphere, I think I think having upgrades is a, is a fine, yeah. fine card. Um, let's move on to the classic, shall we? Classic. Now here's a here's a classic modern deck that took down this classic. Uh, good old Scred Dragons. <sighs> now this deck is a spicy meatball. It's it's kind of like Scred Red, but you just take out all of the kind of dirtily four mana planeswalkers and chandras and just play dragons well and 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 you add four of the new sarkons yeah why play Kafa on turn four when you can play sarkon on turn three and then just untap and play whatever dragon you want gross although i will say this deck looks uh looks to be very streamlined like yeah lots of fours here yeah like it's gonna be very consistent like ah yes i need these cards in my hand at all times oh look at that here's my seven two land some stuff i'm gonna draw land great fantastic i mean i guess in a deck that has no way to filter its draws right this is kind of you know maybe the right way to do things just yeah have all your cards, all the cards in your deck, do basically the same thing, and it doesn't matter which half the deck you draw. It's all going to be the yeah. going to be the same deck you wanted to draw every game. Jeez. <clears throat> What's pretty adorable is uh, people have mentioned that you can play turn three Sarkin, and then go turn four Chandra, make two mana plus your Sarkin, and then play a Thunderbreak Regent. Oh, so you get two Planeswalker. Oh my gosh, that's really good. That'd be so you great. Get eight mana worth of stuff on turn four, and have yeah. two Walkers in play. And then have a Thunderbreak Regent that protects itself, kind of. Mm. What I also think is really funny is the four the four copies of Dragonic Roar. Is th that's Lava Spike, isn't it? Or uh, no, Searing Blaze. It's right? It's like for Searing dragons. Blaze, yeah, for dragons. <laughs> wow. It's along the cycle, uh, same cycle as like Silmar Scorn, but instead of countering a spell, it turns a uh, lightning strike into a searing blaze. Yeah, that's great. That's fantastic. Target creature. Yeah, that's uh, that'll do it, man. And uh, you may notice that uh, humans is also in this top eight. I think this this deck just absolutely destroys humans. Yeah. I mean, I they, two they Ratchet really... Bombs, two Angers, four Dragonic Wars, four Screds, four Lightning Bolts, four Blood Moons. Like, I don't know. These are all, all these cards are bad news for humans. Yeah. Um, I just. Even I, four Glory Ringers? Like, oh my god. I also just wonder how, how you beat Control. Like, how did he beat Control? Or did he just dodge it? I think he just dodged them. <laughs> <laughs> Like besides the one cavern, you're just like, all right, get past, get snap path, get wrathed, or maybe I mean, maybe it's I, just I, like blood moon. I assume does a lot of work. Yeah, in the, the control matchup. So if you can somehow sneak a moon into play, 
I think you you have a, a, a pretty good shot. But here's, outside here's, of that, yeah, might be might be a tough one. Here's a question for the for the scred aficionado: When you play Blood Moon, are they still snow covered? Yes, that's fantastic. <laughs> that's just grand. This is a this is a question that this asks judges very frequently when I'm scredding a Swanabern goal with a Blood Moon in play. <laughs> Judge, Judge, but does my opponent still draw seven cards? Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh. Okay. I think I'm going to concede. <laughs> that is unfortunate. <laughs> um, is there anything else interesting about this top eight? Other than the... Uh, the, I guess the amulet isn't in top eight, so... My question no. stands. <laughs> I mean, the, the top eight... All the other decks are pretty... Um, We've seen the usual suspects, Subway Control, Tron, Pyromancer, Humans, Jeskai, Hollow One. I mean, it's relatively diverse, but it, none of these are particularly rogue decks outside of this Scred Dragons. Yeah. I will say that the ninth place Elves is pretty um, roguish. I feel like Elves hasn't made a good showing in a while. Yeah. Another thing to note is this Elf deck is splashing black. For that good old white. Shaman. Yeah, cool. so it's it's the shaman version, not the um, devoted druid combo. Version. But at the same time, you could just put one devoted druid in the deck. It wouldn't hurt you. We have to put one devoted druid and one vizier of remedies. Sure. <clears throat> it wouldn't hurt the deck at all. Uh, another interesting thing is it's playing four copies of the new two mana elf lord. Uh, I feel like you should just be playing that. Like the the activated ability is pretty relevant, but having like a two mana two mana lord is seems very strong. Yeah, I mean it makes your Dwayne's elites a lot better, right? Yeah, Just pump out so much power. Which maybe maybe with a two mana lord, you're you're maybe that's why you're incentivized to play more shaman of the packs and less combo, because you're more incentivized to just go wide with yeah. dudes instead of tall with this you know silly combo. Also, I I've, I remember this from like years ago when Elves was doing green white but playing um, Elish Norn in the deck, so they would just like at some like turn three cord cord for Elish Norn and pass, and then your opponent's sitting there like, oh, I can't win. And you're like, no, you can't. Okay. Now that seems incredibly obnoxious. <laughs> It was, it was hot. It was awesome. Can you imagine playing the Elf Mirror and your opponent plays an Elishnorn? I'd be so sad. <laughs> oh, your guys get plus two, plus two, and all mine die. Great. But uh, moving on to the deck that we actually want to talk about. Um, Amulet Titan, of course. <laughs> <laughs> um, the main deck is extremely standard if you're playing Four Forests. Uh, the sideboard, on the other hand, is a little bit um, not standard. Notably, the one copy of Academy Ruins. That hot, hot tech. And also this Nissa Vital Force. This is a weird one. This is one that I would not expect. To, I just 
Isn't there anything better? I feel like just another Rurikthar would just be better. Um, I don't think I'd ever need to have feel the need to have two Rurikthars in my deck. Um, but so so this is a card that I feel most people either they love it or hate it. Um, in the uh, the Discord, there's someone who very uh, is a big advocate of Nissa, and I I do understand there are places where Nissa is good, uh, notably against like say a control deck, where you can just make an endless stream of five fives, which is pretty hard for them to deal with. Yeah. But it has to resolve. Yeah, exactly. And there's no easy way to get it to resolve. Like you get to cavern in whatever creature you want through against like blue white or Jeskai or something, but resolving this is a little bit more difficult. If you can find a way to get into play, it's it's good, sure. But and I, I, I don't like the card enough to, to main deck it. I mean I've tried it in the main deck and I've always felt like it's been a win more card. Yeah. Especially the ultimate being very win more. Like, if I'm ulting my Nyssa, then... If I'm ulting my Nyssa and playing a Titan... I don't know. I feel like the cards I drew off of the Nyssa are never actually relevant. Yeah. It, uh, it feels like the, the emblem is really just the Multani. <laughs> the Multani ability at that point. If, if, if your endgame is to, is to minus six with Nyssa, just play Multani because you get that ability like right away instead of having to wait... Because every time I've, I've ulted and played a Titan, I just kind of draw more lands. Yeah. I'm like, okay. <laughs> oh, look, like, I, have a, I, have tw- I have like 10 lands in my hand. Cool. Like, I can only play so many lands a turn. I didn't really need all these in my hand, but... Yeah. Whatever. <clears throat> but, uh, yeah, Academy Ruins. Academy Ruins is a card that I've been playing in my main deck recently. And... I will say that when it's good, it's insanely good. I feel like it can't be not good. Like, either you're getting to reoccur... I guess control decks probably don't care, but even then, you get to recur a walking ballista and probably make it uncounterable. That's the thing. This card is good against control for that very reason. Yeah. You just play a walking ballista every turn of the game, and they'll run out of counter spells eventually. Oh if, yeah, you don't, yeah you don't even have to, you don't have to have you don't even have to have count cavern. Yeah, so if you have a cavern, they just can't beat it at all. But if you don't have a cavern, like they can only counter it so many times before it resolves and eventually kills them. Hmm. Right, because they're not necessarily drawing an answer every turn, but you're drawing a threat every turn. Guaranteed. Uh, the, the the argument against academy ruins is that it's slow. Right. So, sure. recurring engineering explosives against aggressive decks is insanely good, but it's also rather slow. Yeah, because it's like turn three at minimum. Because you had to find a turn to play your explosives with the right number of counters, and then crack it, and then buy it back to have enough mana to play it again. Yeah, it's it's really slow against the aggro decks. But um, if you were able to... Say post board, right? You have a sweeper into a Kyrie Ruins plus EE, I, I think it just locks up the game. Yeah. Um, but EE plus Bliss is also very good against the aggressive decks. <clears throat> Especially nonsense like, say, Infector Affinity. Ping your 1 1, ping your 1 1, ping your 1 1. Put Walking Mosta back on top of my library. 
cast walking ballista. Ping your one one. Ping your one one. Ping your two two. Yeah, and then once you stop having to recur it because they run out of gas, then you just have a ballista that you can pump every turn instead. <laughs> ah. and you get to draw cards <laughs> off the top of your deck again. <laughs> like, all right, you, are you done? You done playing? Sil- <laughs> okay, cool. I'm, I'm gonna start drawing cards to kill you now. Yeah, pretty busted. What's really funny is uh, the game I multi five against Infinity, and I had the recurring ballista. When uh, he finally, finally ran out of things for me to shoot, I took a natural draw. And what was hiding on top of my deck the whole time was a Hornet Queen. <laughs> and <laughs> the look on his face when I just ripped that Hornet Queen off the top and played it, he was a little bit less excited to see it than I was. I'll, I'll tell you that. <laughs> You've been fighting. You were fighting against Affinity the whole time when all you had to do was draw a card so they'd scoop. Yeah, I mean, but to be fair, recurring my Ballista would would have been better against all the etch champions he was playing anyway. True, true, true. But that was just pretty pretty funny. Hilarious. Uh, Also interesting to me, to me anyway, is this list is playing two K returns, whereas the uh, SCG team event at list was playing two fire spouts. I play one of each, honestly. Yeah, I'm on one of each right now. It's all very much what you feel like you want to play. Uh, yeah. Do you want something you can find off strings that's slightly better against Affinity? Or do you want something slightly better against Human because it you know deals more damage? Um, the, uh, the last round I lost against Burn, we had triple Monstrous with Spear. And I drew my Fire Spout, but I never drew Red Mana, and I was very upset. Derp. But um, <clears throat> in that case, the, the Fire Spout would have been better than the uh, K Return anyway. Speaking of humans, let's take a look at this modern challenge. This gross, disgusting modern challenge. Uh, listeners, don't fret. There's no amulet to talk about here. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to skip this part. I promise. <laughs> but, uh, uh, although, uh, although I mean, it's, it's really just like Hollow One humans and Hollow One. So it's kind of interesting that this modern MDGO modern challenge has a very different looking metagame at the top than either the team event or the classic. Yeah. There's almost no Tron or control decks. I mean, what are we see? We see Tron and control at sixteen and seven or fifteen and sixteen respectively. Uh, but then you don't. Yeah, see there's maybe it four control 21st. decks on top thirty-two and yeah. two Tron decks. Very underrepresented compared to the the top eights of the other events. The top very very eight, aggressive. Yeah, event. the top the top eight in order is humans, hollow one, bant spirits, living end, humans, hollow one, bant retreat, burn. Um. Wow, that's. I wonder if that's just because it's those are the easiest decks to play online. Like you, you're not going to time out with those decks. I would imagine that uh, resolving our burning inquiry is much more um, painless online. Yeah. <laughs> you just cast it and it just does it. Yep. None of this shuffle my hand, lay him on the table, roll a die like 400 times because you rolled the same number twice in a row. Yeah. You know, none of that unwieldy nonsense. It's just click a button, do the thing. Um, what's really... 
the living end deck kind of surprises me um especially because it's the only one in the top 32 whereas every every one of these decks has at least one or two twins i guess with the exception of hardened affinity and eldrazi and taxes and so so those three decks living end Hardened Affinity and Eldrazi and Taxes. There's actually more than one Eldrazi Taxes oh, here. Oh, I see it. So never mind. It's just. But it's... there's only one. There's only one hero of the people here, on ninth place. Blue Red Wizards. Ah uh, yes, Blue Red Wizards. I I neglect to see that one. Uh, that one, is sweet. I like it. It looks cool. I'd play it if I had the cards for it. Which actually, I'd, I think I do. <laughs> I mean, how how expensive is it really? Just Snapcaster Mages is the real pricey point. Yeah, and fetch lands. <clears throat> so you have Delvers, Lava Mancers, Nimble Obstructionists, Snapcaster Mages, Spell Stutter Sprites, Vendillion Clicks, uh, Lightning Bolts, Mana Leaks, Wizards Lightnings, Wizards Retorts, Romans Ops, and Lands. 60 cartas. Why are yeah. these in Spanish? I don't know why your internet's in Spanish. That's weird. Um, a braid. So the sideboard is... <gasps> Sun Droplet. There's a blast from the past. Where's that? It's in the sideboard of the uh, Wizards deck. I remember this card being played in um, Lantern Control. Against Burn. It also works with the uh, Painlands. Ah, uh, yes. Ah, uh, yes. That's right. So if you have multiple Sun Droplets and a Painland, you're actually positive on life each turn. Oh, interesting. Um, but yeah, that's about... I mean, so besides those three decks, I feel like it's very interesting that you would choose to play these three decks um, and how you got past everyone else's just beyond my my comprehension the living index seems fine in this weird top eight yeah i mean if everyone's playing these creature aggro decks the living end seems like a pretty decent place to be right yeah the only problem is the board in terms where you just wrath them while simultaneously putting a bunch of big boys in play yeah the only problem is against humans you're just kind of sol if they resolve a uh a meddling mage yeah, um, come to find out, Living End also almost can't even beat Athalia. Oh, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> like, ah, I can't combo off this turn. I'm about to die. No. Yeah, all of a sudden, your combo costs five mana? Hmm. <laughs> well, I think this brings us to our slot of the week. We tell you what card we are totally happy to put in our 75. Chris, what's your slot of the week? Well, a card I picked up from the standard prize wall of the GP, my slot of the week is going to be good old Leonin, Leonin War Leader, or as I like to call it, Hero of Blade Cat. <laughs> so, for those of you at home who don't know what this card does, it's a 4 mana 4 4 cat, and when it attacks, you put two one-one lifelink cats into play that are also attacking. Seems pretty good. 
I think I, I think I mentioned in the cast at some point that this card seems kind of busted in standard. If you don't have like a way to exile it right away, then it doesn't die to lightning strike. It doesn't die to a braid. It doesn't die to fatal push right away. So I think I mentioned this on Casa Four, but I played a, the M19 pre-release, and my round one opponent had a Leonin World Leader in their deck, and it was insanely good. I know because I got to attack with it many times because I switcherooed it. <laughs> so unlimited, this card is insane in the brain, and it's even better against the person who had it in their deck. Oh, cool cat! <laughs> I'm gonna, just, I'm just gonna take it. Yeah, that was pretty sweet. Um, but this time it's gonna be going into my cat EDH deck because it is a cat. And it makes more cats, so I what I for, more I forgot you could that deck. you ask for? And a uh, friend of the cast, Mike, recently acquired a Doran EDH deck and has uh, decided that we must 1v1. So it's going to be cats versus trees. Uh, <laughs> Great. Let's see if we can claw our way to the top on that one. Wait, is that the Doran deck that was on sale at the Sacramento group on Facebook? Probably. All right. The one that's like mostly foiled out? I have no idea. I'm assuming okay. that deck is much, 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 much better than mine. Oh, totally. Yeah. Probably going to get absolutely ranched. But. But you'll meow stick, all the way there. If I can stick a sort of <laughs> feast and famine on a cat and just get there, that that would be great. You'll just, that would you'll, just be the best. You'll just purr, purr your way it to, win, to perfect. victory. Perfect. It'll be perfect. Oh anyway. my god, I want to kill myself. <laughs> What's your slot of the week, Stephen? <laughs> uh, my slot of the week is going to be Hour of Promise. It is the green hour from that cycle. Uh, you pay five mana, and you go get two lands. And if you have more than, th- or if you have three or more deserts in play, you get two, uh, two two black zombies to put into play. Uh, I'm going to be playing this in Standard. I've been playing it in Standard in the ramp deck. I feel like it's a really good card. Um, and I'm just trying to get my reps in with it while I still can before it rotates. But after it rotates, uh, hopefully I will have Scapeshift put together by then. Maybe I can still play it in there. Uh, but yeah, it's a, it's a fun card. When you're like, oh look, it looks like I'm dead on board. Tricked ya. I'm going to put these two zombies into play to block and save me two more turns. Did they come into play tapped or not? No. Not untapped. Yeah. I think if they came into play tapped, it would be significantly not good. I mean, when you play the (laughs) water, you don't get any zombies at all, so I don't know. Unless you're playing deserts. Yeah, you're not playing deserts. (laughs) Anyways, that brings us to the end of our John's slot of the week. John's slot of the week. Oh, okay. Um, that I'm going to choose for him is Thing in the Ice because he spent his last few days in Alaska being one cold frozen boy and over the next course of this week he's going to be thaw thaw thawing away and in this weekend's PVTQ he's going to try to be the awoken horror coming back from the depths to try to spike down a PVTQ literally palming my forehead <laughs> Anyways, that brings us to the end of our cast. Thank you for checking us out and sticking around to the very end. If you're wondering where you can find more content, you can head over to mtgconflux.com. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, all under the same name, mtgconflux, one word. 
And if you have any suggestions or comments that you'd like us to read, please feel free to shoot us a message on one of those platforms. Again, we really do appreciate you sticking around to the very end, and we hope you'll join us in the next one. Later. Later.